0: Hello and welcome to Weekly Tech, a technology and ethics podcast focused on navigating this digital age with wisdom. Weekly Tech is brought to you by the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission, and I'm your host, Jason Thacker. As a reminder, you can sign up to receive our Weekly Tech email briefings each Monday morning at jasonthacker.com slash weeklytech. You can also grab the links to the stories we talk about in the show notes or in the weekly briefing. Today's big story is an article that I wrote for ERLC.com on Elon Musk, Neuralink, and human nature. Elon Musk has become a household name in the last few years. From the rise of the popular all-electric vehicles at Tesla to the commercialization of space travel through SpaceX, Elon Musk is a man on a mission to revolutionize our society. According to Forbes, Musk is worth over $86.1 billion, making him one of the most wealthy and also recognized names in the world. A few years ago, I read a really fascinating and interesting biography of Elon Musk by Ashley Vance that had a really fitting subtitle that explains a lot of the drive behind Elon Musk. It was Tesla, SpaceX, and a quest for a fantastic future. Vance describes well that Musk is indeed on a quest for a future, but the question of whether this future will be actually fantastic is heavily debated. A few weeks back, Elon Musk held a press conference with his lesser-known startup company called Neuralink, which is an American neurotechnology company founded in 2016. Neuralink specializes in the development of brain-computer interfaces, or BCIs, that it hopes will help to cure neurological diseases such as memory loss, hearing loss, depression, insomnia, as well as potentially enhance healthy human beings with abilities ranging from typing with your thoughts, hailing a self-driving car, or even extending your own memory. Musk described it as a Fitbit for your skull with tiny little wires, as he showcased this technology that had been implanted in the head of a pig named Gertrude. For a little context here, the Neuralink BCI is about the size of a quarter, and it's implanted directly on the brain and connected to the brain through thousands of electrodes. This device measures the electrical signals emitted by the neurons in our brains, the speed and patterns of those signals that are ultimately the basis for our movement, thoughts, and recall of memories. Musk and the talented team at Neuralink hope that this demo propels the technology forward to future trials on human beings. The company also announced that the device had received breakthrough device status from the FDA, which it hopes will speed up trials on human beings. Amidst a lot of the hype and even concern surrounding Neuralink and this new technology, there's a really big question that we should focus on as Christians when we're thinking about the rise of these emerging type of technologies. Often innovation focuses on the question of can this be done rather than should it be done? There's a deep lack of ethical reflection on technology as we see throughout our world today, with issues ranging from bias to the debates over digital privacy. This drive for innovation has helped produce some of the most beneficial technologies that we use every single day, but it's also given rise to a dangerous abuse and misuse of technology that ultimately leads to the dehumanization of our neighbors, and in this particular case with Neuralink, maybe even ourselves. If you know anything about Elon Musk, you know that he often makes really bold predictions that really ruffle the feathers of many. He's long sought to upgrade humanity, claiming, quote, to avoid becoming like the monkeys, humans must merge with machines. This type of argument is based on a materialistic and in many cases an evolutionary type worldview that concludes that we must improve upon evolution's current iteration of humanity or be left behind by these sophisticated machines musk along with many other so-called transhumanists they seek to transcend our frail humanity through the use of technological upgrades or even ultimately upload our minds these type of transhumanist dreams are often portrayed in a framework of a mind-body dualism where the mind is seen as software and the body is seen as hardware the real you is your mind, your thoughts, your emotions, and your body is simply just a container that can be altered at will or even discarded as desired. This is ultimately a form of what's called in philosophy a Cartesian dualism, where the mind and the body are severed from one another as the mind is often elevated above the body in terms of value and worth. This is really a revival of an old Gnostic heresy where the body is denigrated because it's part of this evil material world and it really has no lasting value. It's essentially just the necessary evil that we must tame. If you're not familiar with the concept of transhumanism, it's essentially a concept that's been around for a number of years, known as the father of transhumanism. Julian Huxley described this concept in a 1957 essay saying, The human species can, if it wishes, transcend itself, not just sporadically, an individual here in one way and an individual there in another way, but in its entirety as humanity. A lot of these transhumanist dreams of upgrading or going beyond our humanity reveal a massive assumption about the nature and the essence of what makes us human. Nick Bostrom, who is a leading transhumanist and author of the influential book Superintelligence, Paths, Dangers, and Strategies, argues that our human nature is a work in progress, quote, a half-baked beginning that we can learn to remold in desirable ways. But as author Nancy Piercy puts it, Who gets to decide what is, quote, desirable here, and does that actually align with the truth of who we are as created in God's image? One of the great opportunities for the faith community in the midst of the age of innovation is to proclaim a rich and more cohesive worldview and ethical framework that holds high the dignity and respect of every human being, not based on their perceived worth or usefulness, but based on a transcendent reality of each of us being created in God's image after his own likeness. Our status as human beings as well as our human limitations mean that our body is not something that can be denigrated as if we don't have the abilities that we need to flourish in this life. If that were the case, then our embodied Savior was either not fully human or his resurrection body was incomplete, both of which the Bible makes clear is not the case. The Christian view of human nature is fixed as an embodied soul that will ultimately be redeemed in the fullness of time because of the power of God to resurrect our sin-torn bodies from the dead in His second coming. In a worldview built where human worth is based on our utility or our contribution to society, upgrading our minds and our bodies with these sci-fi-like innovations might sound tempting. But behind a lot of these desires to upgrade ourselves or to keep up with the machines, we're actually buying into a lie about human nature, about where our worth and our dignity is ultimately just tied to our utility and not to our createdness as God's image bearers. The Bible tells us in Genesis 1.26-28 that we were created in God's image and that we were created unique and distinct from the rest of creation. But we were also created as embodied souls where the mind and the body are not at odds with one another, but part of a cohesive whole as his image bearers meant to live out and to glorify him in everything we do. So the truth is, is that we don't really need to keep up with the machines, as many transhumanists, including Musk, proclaim, because the reality is that they'll never actually catch up with us. We are fundamentally different and nothing, not even our own ingenuity or our own creations will ever be able to change that. If you want to read more about this article, you can check out the show notes or visit ERLC.com. The American church is facing an abuse crisis. One of the best ways that we can protect our churches from sexual abuse is through effective and safe hiring and screening practices. But employment laws vary from state to state, and most churches aren't sure where to begin. That's exactly where the new Caring well Hiring Guide comes in. This brand new resource from the ERLC and the Sexual Abuse Advisory Group of the Southern Baptist Convention provides a starting point for church leaders who are working to implement safe and effective hiring policies and screening practices to help prevent future abuse. You can download your free copy now at caringwell.com slash hiring. And now for the rundown, where we focus on four to five different technology stories that you should be aware of as you begin your week. First up is a story from TechCrunch about a new Walmart service that launches on September 15th. Walmart announced its Amazon-like service that provides unlimited same-day delivery, gas discounts, and access to a new scan-on-the-go app that allows shoppers to skip the checkout line in busy Walmarts. Customers will be able to enroll in this new Walmart Plus membership beginning on September 15th at a cost of $98 a year. Walmart Plus is supposed to be available in over 4,700 stores nationwide, 2,700 of which will be offering delivery services with no fees if you order over $35. Walmart executives claim that this new membership plan is less about rivaling Amazon Prime than it is about serving customers' changing needs. The company reported that over the last quarter, e-commerce sales have increased by 97% thanks to the lockdowns amidst the pandemic. If you're anything like my family, I know that we've increasingly relied on a lot of these delivery services for groceries and for a lot of necessities instead of venturing out and going into the stores. This new venture from Walmart indicates that the ways that Americans shop for everyday items will become increasingly more and more reliant upon technology and the internet. While there are definitely benefits and conveniences to these services, like that having these things delivered directly to our door, we should also pay attention about how these type of changes might affect our economy and even our communities. Next up is a story from the New York Times about how the TikTok deal is being complicated by new rules from China over tech exports. As the bidding war for TikTok nears a close, China has ruled out a new set of regulations on exports that could put the sale of the Chinese-owned app to a U.S. company in jeopardy. These new restrictions could require ByteDance, TikTok's parent company in China, to obtain a license from the Chinese government in order to sell the app to a foreign corporation. Under an executive order given by President Trump back in August, ByteDance has until November to sell TikTok to an American-owned company before it's banned from the United States, citing national security and data privacy concerns. But these Chinese government restrictions demonstrate that it has no intention of allowing the ongoing dispute to be settled entirely on U.S. terms. While it's unclear whether China's new export regulations are part of a plan to raise the price of TikTok, give the country more leverage over the United States, or to block the app sale altogether, it is apparent that China intends to insert itself on the global technology industry as it continues to split in two. Christians should be aware of the many ways that when we use these technologies and apps like TikTok, how they might be connected to authoritarian regimes such as the Chinese Communist Party. As innocuous as these services may seem, the interconnectedness of technology gives our usage more wide-reaching implications than we often realize. If you want to learn more about TikTok and the relationship with China, you can check out the weekly tech podcast from a few weeks ago called What is the Problem with China and TikTok at jasonthacker.com slash podcast. Next up is a really interesting story from CNET about how Google is launching Kids Space, which is a hub for child friendly apps and videos on tablets. As the pandemic continues around us, our children are spending an extensive amount of time online and at home using household electronic devices both for entertainment but also for remote learning. This increased exposure to content on these devices has caused many concerns for parents who are wary about the amount of inappropriate material that exists on the Internet and that our children might have access to. To address this issue, Google plans to release this new Kids Space app for Android tablets, which allows young children to access educational and entertaining apps, music, games, and books that are all deemed kid-friendly. The material is available in this hub has also been teacher-approved. Though Google has recently come under fire for how the company has managed children's content online, a representative has assured users that no data will be used to target advertisements to children. As our children spend more and more time online, especially as many of our school systems have moved fully online or at least partially online, parents should establish practices in the home to monitor the content that their children are engaging with and to be sure that technology is being used in an enriching way for our children. We should not only be aware of the type of materials that our children are watching and taking in, but also how these service providers are managing our children's data. If you want to learn more about children and technology in the home, you should check out a previous episode of Weekly Tech where I interviewed my ERLC colleague Trillian Newbell about the rise of technology in the home, especially in the midst of the pandemic. You can check out the show notes for a link. The last story in the rundown this week is how Amazon has received U.S. regulatory approval to start drone delivery trials. The Federal Aviation Administration, or FAA, has given approval to Amazon to begin testing for delivering packages with autonomous drones. Amazon is the third organization to be granted approval of this type of venture, joining UPS and Alphabet Inc., which is Google's Google parent's company. While it may be unclear about how soon and how frequently you may be having packages delivered to your doorstep by a small unmanned aircraft... It's good to know where these technological innovations are taking us and how they might be affecting our daily lives in the near future. Well, from all of us here at Weekly Tech, I want to say thank you for listening. If you enjoyed Weekly Tech, would you consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcasting app? These reviews really do help us to know how we're doing and also to share the word about Weekly Tech with others. As a reminder, you can also check out the show notes for all of the stories that we talk about here on Weekly Tech in your podcasting app. And you can also receive them directly in your inbox each week as part of the Weekly Tech newsletter that you can subscribe to at jasonpacker.com slash weeklytech. Thanks, and I hope you have a great week.